are you guys? Good to be here. Good to be here. I love this weather. I love it hot. You guys know that. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Mr. Kelly, would you introduce your friends? Yes, I will. (laughs) (laughs) This is my cousin, Erica. Hi, Erica. Hi. And Amanda. Hi. Hello. Our peoples, okay. Hello. Okay. Glad you're all here. Glad you're all here. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be going through, uh, just wading through as we are uh, plowing through the book of Ephesians. I remember I was working in a hot warehouse about usually in uh, July or August. I was up up north. Um, I was working for a big cookery manufacturer, and I remember um, it was hot. It gets really hot there. The machinery is going. You got forklifts going, and I was recruiting for day laborers, and that was my job. And I remember there was this guy there. He would um, he would come and he would say, "Praise the Lord, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord!" And that was. That was just about every other word, and um, he said, are you a Christian? I said, yes, I'm saved, and he would say, I'm saved too, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And I said, oh, great, there's another Christian here. Uh, we, maybe God can use us to maybe share the gospel at our work. Maybe we can be kind of partnered together. And as I saw, you know, um, he always tried to share the gospel, but he was always late to work. Or he would always try and share the gospel and he would say, you know what, I need to take this day off because I got to do this and I got to do this ministry. I got to be involved with this ministry. And he was always, uh, I would have to counsel him because on the line, as the line goes, you can't wait. They're packaging the line, right? And as the line goes, if you're talking, it starts to back up and then all the boxes backed up. Kind of like, you know, you remember uh, those old, uh, I think it was... Uh, I Lucille Ball with the pies coming by, right? It starts to come back up. And so I had to, you know, it was my job to counsel him. And he said, well, you know, I, I was just led by the Lord and I just had to share the gospel while I was on the line. So I couldn't really, I couldn't really focus on these things. And I said, you know, God has called you to work. And God has called you to worship God by working. And did you know that by you doing slack work, shoddy work, you are ruining every chance of the gospel you ever had? And so every time he opened his mouth, every, all, I could just see, I just wish he didn't tell anyone he was a believer. I wish he'd just closed his mouth. It would have been better for the gospel if he closed his mouth. I don't normally say that, right? Christian, close your mouth, right? But what has happened is, If that is the kind of God that that person worships and they give shoddy work, why would they want anyone to hear them? Why would they even, how would they, why would anyone want to hear what this person has to say? You see, and this is the kind of, you you guys know it if you're in the workforce, this is how it is, right? Uh, Employees, they just, they just do enough to not get fired. 
just do enough to not get fired. I know those guys. And employers, they, they just pay enough just so employees won't quit. Right? Just enough. And it's run by greed. Uh, employees want minimum wage to be $15 an hour for jobs which were never meant to be careers. Employers want more money, so they cut the jobs and they put kiosks. We were up and down the five as I was taking the teenagers, and you couldn't order in front there. You got to go to a kiosk, right? Because they're trying to cut costs, right? And everyone's trying to get one over the other person, and it's run by greed. And brothers and sisters, God has called you to work in a different, radically different fashion. He has called you to work in such a way that glorifies him. Work is not a result of the curse. In fact, God has given work in the beginning when he gave Adam and Eve uh, this commission to name all the animals and to take care of the garden. But if you notice in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 to 9, God is uh, speaking specifically about this issue called work. He says in verse 5, and five to nine, slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters, do the same things to them. And give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven. And there is no partiality with him. God gave this passage to you so you can glorify Christ in your occupation. God gave this passage to you so that you can glorify Christ in your occupation. And as you know, we've been going through the book of Ephesians and and God wants you to be so filled with all the blessings that he's given you. We remember that God the Father before eternity passed, before the foundation of the world has selected you, has shown his favor upon you. Christ has died on the cross and purchased you if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. He's died on the cross and he bled for you. The Spirit sealed your salvation so that you are sure and that you are now living in this life here Southern Cal, richly, richly, you are living richly. Now, I'm not talking financially, right? I'm talking about spiritually, you are living richly. If you know Christ and if you know the message of Ephesians, you know that you're living richly. And so what occurs now is he has given you this treasure and now he's given you this supernatural ability in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 he says, be filled with the Spirit. And now he's going to talk about different applications of that. And he talks about different relationships, and it is the relationships that are the most difficult. It is the relationships where you feel the most rub. It is the relationships where you need the help of God to serve God, to glorify Christ. And it is these relationships he starts out with wives. Be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Wives, you need the filling of the Holy Spirit. You need Christ. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Husbands, you love the way, if you're going to love your wives the way Christ loves the church, you need the Spirit of God in you so that you would love her more than yourself. You would love her more, you would love her and, and her interests more than yourself. 
Then it says here in chapter 6 and verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Children, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you know you can't obey. You know you can't rightly honor your mom and dad. And every time you fail, you know it's a result of sin that's in your heart. You need Christ just as much as we do. And then it says fathers, when we say parents, we need to be able to, it says, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit to parent rightly, to not lose our tops, to love our children to think and consider their hearts and to shepherd them that way. And so now he's talking about us in this spirit-filled, he's talking about the spirit-filled worker. And now he's talking, how are you going to work in a manner that glorifies Christ? Do you want to bring glory to Christ? Your work job, your wherever your place of employment, even if you have a business or if you are working in, uh, for an employer, or if you're working for a big company or for a small company, God has called you to worship Him there. Now, God gives us two scenarios where you can glorify Christ in your occupation. Now, this has application as a student to a teacher. If you're a student, you can apply this as well. Or if you're an athlete to a coach, you can apply this as well. If you're a business owner to a client, you can apply this as well. But the first portion here is the first scenario that we have here is the spirit-filled employee. And God calls us here, slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to your flesh according to the flesh. And it says here, submit, and let me describe this point, slaves be obedient. First point there, submit to your employer. Submit to your employer. Slaves at that time had no rights. They were considered property. The Romans viewed labor as beneath them. Whole society, the whole society ran on slave labor. They were treated as tools. If you would trade one animal or one tool for one another, that's how they were treated. And Paul is calling them to live a godly life. Now, if you feel like you have a bad work situation, you're not a slave. You could always quit and jump on a Craigslist and find something else, right? But you are not like this. And it's, what's amazing is God has called them to live in a godly manner. And the application is by virtue, God has called us to live in this way. Let me just give you uh, some of the flavor of what a slave would go through. One commentator said it this way. The Roman statesman Cato said, Old slaves should be thrown on a dump. And when a slave is ill, do not feed him anything. It's not worth your money. Take sick slaves and throw them away because they're nothing but inefficient tools. Augustus crucified a slave who accidentally killed his pet quail. And a man named Polio threw a slave into a pond of deadly eels for breaking a crystal goblet. Uh, Juvenal wrote of a slave owner whose greatest pleasure, his greatest pleasure was listening to the sweet song of his slaves being flogged. Now, you don't have that. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know where you work, Okay. I don't know who your boss is, but it is not that bad, really. But slavery, uh, praise the Lord, slavery and its abuses were eventually destroyed in Britain. You know, we know this by 
God-fearing men like William Wilberforce. But the Bible doesn't attack the systems, but it goes right to the heart. And he says, if this is your station in life, brothers and sisters, wherever you are employed, this would be the application. If this is your station in life, we must address the heart. He says, for you to be obedient, the word there is to obey, to listen to, to submit to, to yield to, to surrender to. And then it says, to those who are your masters according to the flesh. And all that means is that your bosses are your bosses in a temporal structure here. So what God is saying is that as we work, we are to obey them. And you can call this as students uh, are working under a teacher. You are to obey them. Now, of course, we're not to obey them if they call us to sin. If they call us to go against the scriptures, we understand that. But what scripture is saying is that our first mission as an employee to show the glory of Christ, to honor him, is to obey our bosses. Obey our bosses. Now, how do you do that? Well, there are attitudes to maintain. Okay? There are attitudes to maintain. The first one, he says here, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. The first attitude to maintain is, with fear and trembling, is be respectful. Be respectful. How do you submit to authority? How do you show the glory of Christ? You be respectful. You don't talk back. You don't have a lip, right? Now, with fear and trembling doesn't mean you're cowering in fear and you're scared of your boss. Every time your boss comes, you're scared. But it's a healthy respect. You understand that you are working for that individual. Um, that word there for, uh, the word there for fear and trembling is also how Titus was received. In 2 Corinthians, you received him with fear and trembling. It's also how we live out the saved life, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But the way, what God has called us to do is when we are around our bosses and when we work, we are to be respectful. Not talk behind their backs. Have you ever had employees or co-workers who as soon as your boss leaves, they want you to start talking about them? They start complaining and they want you to join in and if you don't join in they don't like you oh man i've been in so many workplaces like that they just love to rip be respectful christ has called you to secondly secondly how do you glorify god as an employee you gotta be real be real he says here be obedient with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart. The word there for sincerity means simplicity. It means frankness. It means to give ungrudgingly, without reservation, with no strings attached. Uh, one lexicon says, it's the quality of sincerity as an expression of singleness of purpose or motivation. It's mental honesty. The quality of of sincerity as an expression of singleness or of purpose and motivation. It's not prideful. It's not complaining. And you can complain even without saying words. If you understand, if you, parents, I think you might know this, you ask your young ones to do something and if they're in sin, they'll say, (sighs) that slow little growl. 
that is actually complaining against you, against God, against the authority, right? Or it's insulting others by bringing them down to promote yourself. He says, in the sincerity of your heart, be real. Don't be pretentious. He says, out of the seat of who you are, don't be someone on the outside, but then someone very different on the inside. Oh, yes, smiling. I used to have a coworker who would smile. Oh, my goodness. I'm just, this is bringing me back, right? She would just smile and smile, and she would just say, I hate her. I hate her. It wasn't the sincerity of heart, right? And every time uh, we would have, and, and the way we would run a business, I, I used to be a, a headhunter, a recruiter. As whoever could fill the most positions, you get the more money, and all of the, uh, they would have all of our numbers on the board, right? In those types of business, they always have your numbers on the board. And she would always say, oh, look at me, Angelo, and look at you there, right there, right? But when I was higher than her on uh, a different week, I, I had to take this verse. I said, I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to be in this petty competition. I'm going to compete, but for not to beat her, but for whom? I've got a greater God. Are you guys ever in those positions? No, it's just me, huh? There's different. <laughs> am, am I am hitting it? That's where, that's where we're at sometimes, right? But I think the most important thing here is not only to be respectful to be and, or to be real, but the next one, here's an attitude to maintain on the workforce, is to be worshipful. Now, sometimes we use that word worship. Oh, let's continue the worship. Let's worship here. That, I think we think that that means singing at church services, that this is worship and that's all that we do. But you know, that is not how Christ has called us to live. Worship, worship, it says, as to Christ, God, if you notice, let's read the flow again. It says, slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Notice verse 6, as slaves of Christ doing the will of God. Notice verse 7, with good will render service as to the Lord. Verse 9, and masters do the same thing. You have a master in heaven and there's no partiality with him. Over and over again, what separates this from simply morality, from simply doing a good American job, you know, you just just be a good American and roll up your sleeves and tighten your collar and just get the job, get her done. What separates this as a Christian here now is that I don't do it simply for promotion. I don't do it for recognition. I don't do it simply for ethics because it's the right thing to do. I do it for God. I do this job in the very presence of Christ himself. So brothers and sisters, as you give praise to him here is wonderful. And as you are singing, that is wonderful. But let me tell you tomorrow in the warehouse, at school, at the care homes, right? At Costco, Carlsbad, right? right? When you are there, you have an opportunity to serve the Most High. And you will waste it, brothers and sisters, when you think it's that difficult 
person call your boss? I'm watching my language because I want to say something else, right, about your boss, right? As to Christ, now what does that mean? It means he's the resource. We understand that. We are filled with his Holy Spirit that glorifies him. It means he's our motivation to please him. It means he's our goal, which means to bring glory to him. You've got to have sights that are higher than just pushing the broom, than just filing away the files, than just uh, writing a program, selling a house, uh, uh, organizing an end cap right? You have to understand that when you do this with your heart and with the best energy and the best resources that you could come up with by the power of Christ, you are bringing the service way up high. Anything less than that doesn't please him. Is he worth it? Oh, he's worth it. You mean I can do, I can study my history to the glory of God because it's due on a certain day? Yes. I could answer the phone calls with a happy heart even though I've answered 300 of them? Yes. I could listen to my boss even though he's changed his decision three times and now I have to do the project over all again? Yes, I can get along with this worker in the next cubicle who grows their bean sprouts and it stinks, <laughs> right? For the glory of God, yes. These are all real for me, okay? These are all real for me, right? You must be faithful to bring him glory in any capacity, brothers and sisters. If you desire to be used of God, be faithful in this. Do a good job for the glory of Christ. He's called you because now when you do that, it shows the glory and the grandeur and it shows the value that you have in Christ. And I love to tell my boss whenever they ask you, why do you do this? I say, you know, ultimately I am working for you, but ultimately I'm working for Christ. And they say, what does that mean? And I share the gospel. It's happened a number of times, right? Um, be worshipful. That's an attitude you must maintain. If you don't do it for the glory of Christ, other motivations won't be strong enough. Let me just tell you. Just to hit your numbers, it's not going to be strong enough because you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Just to hit your goals, to answer those calls, to finish your, to clean off your desk. Sometimes you're just trying to clean off your desk, right? It's not high enough. It's not strong enough. It's not powerful enough. It's not worth enough. I love that um, sometimes I hate certain memes, but sometimes some memes really hit the truth, you know? One of them was, I was not put on this earth to work and pay bills and die. Now, you weren't. If you know the Lord Jesus and you know him and you are saved, you were made in his image to exalt his name in the workforce. 
that's your mission field. Amen? Amen? Be consistent is the next one. Be consistent, not, way, not by way of eye service as men pleasers. The word there, um, um, is a conjunction of two words. Ophthal, which you can hear from ophthalmologist, means eye. Okay? And then uh, dulia is the same word where we get slave, doulos, right? So don't be an eye slave is what God is saying. And what that means is you're just doing it to be recognized. You're just doing it to be noticed. It means, uh, one um, lexicon says, as service rendered without dedication or a sense of inner obligation, but mainly to attract attention, right? We have another name for it, but I'm not going to say it, right? In the workforce, right? Uh, to serve with a view to impressing others, to serve in order to all attention to oneself. Men pleasers are one who tries to please people by sacrificing principle. Um, those who are just trying to make people like them. Um, slaves in all things. In Colossians 3.22 it says, Slaves in all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. And how, how is this explained? Why do I say be consistent? The person who is filled with the Spirit of God, okay, who is yielding to His Spirit, yielding to His Word, who desires to glorify Christ, is always doing his or her best whether or not someone is looking. Okay. That, the whether, I'm not, whether or not someone is looking is not going to determine whether or not I do my best. I'm always going to do my best because I know He is looking. You can't hide from him. And then next it says, be humble. So uh, the attitudes to maintain is to be respectful, be real, to be worshipful, to be consistent, and also to be humble. Humble, it says, as slaves as Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. God desires that we would take the posture. Yes, you are a worker, but understand who you truly work for. Slaves of Christ. Uh, go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. This is a good verse to share with your family as you're shepherding them through this. This is a good verse for you to keep, right? Um, Colossians chapter 3. And this parallel passage we see here, slaves in all things, verse 22. Obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Verse 23, here's a passage for you to keep. Let this be embedded in your heart. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than from men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. You work for the Lord. You work for His glory. And it says to do your work heartily. And this is a good passage to shepherd our kids in. If they do shoddy work, right? That God desires our very best. Not perfection. They may not hit perfection. But that they would do their absolute best every single time. This is what God requires of you. And this is what you should be modeling at home as well. 
and in the workplace. Confident that God sees. I'm confident. Even though my boss doesn't see. Even though my co-workers grab the credit, right? I will do this for the glory of God, right? Ecclesiastes 9.10, I'll just read it for you. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, verily do it with all your might, for there's no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in show. Now, uh, the spirit-filled employee submits to your employer, but also benefits your employer. Notice he says, with goodwill, render service. This uh, means enthusiasm, a state of zeal, eagerness, wholeheartedness. It's not the kind of person who drags. It's not the person who doesn't have pep. You have a zeal because you want to. You get to serve the king of kings. You get to serve the Lord of lords. And he says, and he repeats, as to the Lord, not to men, because your true boss is Christ. But next, because your true reward is certain. Notice he says here, Knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord. It means to be recompensed. In tra it's translated to be recompensed in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It means the consequences or the payment in Colossians chapter 3. God is saying this, and here's a motivation, another motivation for you. Every single time you do your best for the glory of God, every single time you do your best to show his his majesty, to show his glory, to show his love, to show his order, to show who he is, God says, you will get what you deserve. Now, some people have a hard time with this. This is not the basis of salvation. I want to make that clear. Your basis of salvation is simply in the Lord Jesus Christ, in his person, in his work, what he's done on the cross. If you believe in him, that is that is it. The basis of your salvation is done. But what this is saying is that there is this judgment on how you will work. And we see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 as well. That there will be this judgment upon what is the motivation, what is the underlying factor in your heart as you work. See, this changes work now. This isn't, oh man, it's Monday, I can't stand it. Oh, my boss already has 50 voicemails. I don't even want to answer it, right? This changes work. Now it's, I get to serve the king of kings. King of kings, let me do my best as long as I'm in this job. And praise the Lord, we're in America where you could change your jobs whenever you want. Amen? They didn't have that. You think there was career advancement for slaves? Right? As long as you're in that job, do your best for the glory of God, even at that two weeks, if you give a two weeks notice, right? Give your best. Work heartily for the glory of God. Whether slave or free, it matters not what station you hold in this life. The station does not determine whether or not God will reward. I remember, I remember um, my mom got sick and I had to leave college uh, uh, for a while, and I couldn't get any job. I just, I, I, I didn't have any skills, right? I studied, bi I studied biology, and so I didn't have any skills. And so my uncle, who was a mechanic, he got me a job in San Francisco in the city. I had to drive from Vallejo, 
and I was an auto parts guy. Can, can, you, can you look at me? I don't even know the difference between a fender and a bumper, right? I was an auto body parts guy. And what that means is when the parts came from delivery, I checked to see if it was the right part number, and I had to bring it up to the mechanics. Okay? And I would make sure that the uh, body shop was just swept all the time. Swept all the time. And I didn't necessarily like the job. You ever have a job where you didn't like it? I didn't necessarily like the job. And my boss was this arrogant, cantankerous, cussing boss all day long, cussing at the parts uh, delivery guy, cussing at his employees, cussed, 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 cussed all day long. And I just, I was just, I, I had to look at these verses, brothers and sisters. You ever have to do that? You have to steal your heart. I got to steal my heart because I'm going into the mouth, the, the belly of the monster. And I, I can't find any other job. And, I, this, and God has called me to do this with all my heart, but I have no heart to do it. God help me. So I just worked as hard as I could. I contemplated these verses, and I just remember sweeping, sweeping. And then he pulled me aside, this cussing, cantankerous boss in an auto mechanic shop. Have you ever worked there? Has anyone ever worked there? you got to understand, these, this is a different world. Okay. And I didn't know he was watching. right? I did it for the glory of Christ. I, I, I give glory to Christ for this. I didn't know he was watching. He pulled me aside and he says, Angelo, you can get a job anywhere. With that kind of attitude, boy, you can get a job anywhere. And I just remembered that, right? As he started to see, um, I was able to show him by God's grace, uh, you know, by God's grace, what he's doing in my life. And I, and I, I was hoping to share the gospel with him, but at that point, I didn't get a sh chance to share the gospel because God didn't give me a new job until I was content there serving him. Then he gave me a new job, and then I moved on. But God has given us this in any station where you hold your life. If you're not faithful in the station where you're at, God's not going to give you any more influence. He's not going to give you any more to, to deal with. If you're faithful with little, what? You'll be faithful with much, right? Um, uh, I'll share another story. Go with me to 1 Peter. This is hard, okay? I understand this. Even Peter understands this. Look at First uh, Peter chapter two, okay. First Peter, chapter two. First Peter chapter two and verse eighteen and nineteen and twenty. Servants, be submissive to your masters, with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor, if for the sake of conscience toward God, a man bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it and patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. It's interesting that word there for 
unreasonable. In King James, I think it's translated perverse. Perverse. Not only to those who are uh, your masters, to not only those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are perverse. I think it's interesting because have you ever had a perverse boss? Just a sick boss, right? Just gloated in his authority. I had another boss like that before. Another cusser, right? He was in the military. And I remember one time there was like maybe a hundred workers around me and he cussed me out in front of everybody. And boy, I just wanted to right there in the chin, right? I wanted to hit him. But by God's grace, he gave me strength, right? And I knew in my situation, I was, I was struggling with contentment. I must, I confess, I was struggling with contentment. I wanted to be in ministry. I wanted to serve and preach and teach. And there, it didn't seem like there was any light, any future. I was stuck in this dark warehouse, right, for me. And this guy was going to cuss at me all the days of my life. That's all I could think. And my wife was in reminding me, who are you serving, Angelo? Who are you serving, Angelo? She would tell me that. And have you ever been in a, in a trial or a difficult situation where all you could see is the problem? And you're not looking up at Christ, right? All I could see is the problem, right? And, you know, I, just, I was just talking to Jeanette on the way here, and I said, you saw it all along. You saw God was working and dealing in my heart. That rebellious attitude that authority that I needed to deal with, right? She goes, yeah, yeah, I saw it all along. You just didn't see it. But what God is dealing in our hearts is, can you receive this for the glory of God? Now, you could find different jobs. Praise the Lord. You can do that. You could move on, if e even if it's intolerable. But God says, if you stay in that job, he can give you power. And that guy who was always cussing me out, I remember I was struggling with it. And I said, God, by your power, I'm going to love this man. And I'm going to smile when he asks me to do something. And so he would ask me to do something. And I say, yes, sir, right away, sir. And I, and I took it with glee. Because now I understood I'm serving not this man, this puny little man cussing at me right? I'm serving Christ. And it brings your service to the highest of heights, glorifying him. Amen? Amen. So the first scenario is the spirit-filled employee. The second scenario is the spirit-filled employer. And it says, uh, and I, my, my first point is to, under that, is to lead with compassion. He says to do the same things to them. It's not one way, but mutual submission. If you're a Christian and you're a boss, you need to understand the kind of pressure that they're under. And you need to understand the kind of respect that, they, that, uh, uh, that Christ requires of you. So it's a mutual submission. I'm not going to belabor that point, but you need to make your business decisions and your employee relations decisions based on God's will. So in all these things, brothers and sisters, you shouldn't look at yourself as, you know, uh, I, I'll pick on Andre as I work at Coke, right? 
I work in Coke as a warehouse supervisor. You're not a warehouse supervisor. You're representative of Christ in the warehouse. Amen? Amen? Or where's, I'll pick on a tie, right? You don't work at Costco Carlsbad for them. You are a representative of the Lord Most High at Costco. Wow. Right? Amen? Amen? So even Brother Manny, as he leads his group, uh, his IT group, you're not, you're not a VP, you're not a supervisor. You are a leader. You are a, an ambassador of Christ to manage my group in a way that glorifies him respectfully and excellently for him. So lead with compassion and also lead with respect. Don't threaten. Don't declare that you will cause harm to someone constantly. Don't lord it over. Don't throw your weight around because you are also under authority, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven. And because you will also be judged, there is no partiality with him. You also have a master in heaven. Now, I was having, I'll give you another job story because I had some lousy jobs for a while, but God provided for me, okay, through lousy jobs. And God really dealt with me, okay. I, I, I remember I was having a hard time being content where I was again. <laughs> See, God's working on me right there. I was working, but I wanted to be in ministry, I got this first job out of college. I think I was making $10 an hour, and I thought I was raking in the money. Ten, I'm in double digits raking in the money, right? <laughs> so I was working $10 an hour, and I was struggling because I wanted to be in ministry. That was just a call in my life. And so, but I knew if I wasn't thankful and I wasn't content, this is where I needed to be because I was still studying. So, I said, God, help me to be content. I want to honor you. I tried to share Christ to thankless workers, right? I tried to be a light in the workplace. I thought I was wasting my time. Um, I had a worker who constantly complained. I tried to stay out of it. I had a boss who was going through a really difficult marriage that led to divorce. Her husband was unfaithful and eventually went to jail for his sin. And I just encouraged her with the gospel. I tried to work for the glory of Christ. I took another job and thought nothing of it for years. And then I just left it for, you know, I took another job and God blessed me there. And I kept moving up into different companies and God blessed me there. I worked in the pharmaceutical field. God blessed me there. And I just never thought about it, okay? Years passed, years passed till 2015. And November 22nd, I planted uh, with six other families and two single guys. We planted a church in Oceanside. And our November 22nd was our inaugural service. And my old boss from that job in college, right out of college, came. And she came. And you remember, I, I was discontent, right? But I needed to give God the glory. She, I don't know if you guys were here, she grabbed my hands and she said, you were there in some of my darkest days and you showed Christ to me. And now she serves Christ in her church. 
She's married to a Christian man. See, I didn't see what God was doing. I could only trust him that his way is best. It's there that Christ will receive glory, brothers and sisters. You, won't, you may not even see what he's doing. That complaining coworker back in that job still, she later came to Christ. Years later, she asked Jeanette and me, she says, could you please counsel my daughter, share the gospel with her? And we did. But I didn't know that the way I work would have ripple effects for the gospel. Okay? They are watching. They are watching. Titus says in chapter 2, verse 9, um, why don't you turn with me and I'll finish with this. Titus chapter 2 and verse 9. Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James. Titus. Notice it says here, Urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering. Notice he says here, showing all good faith so that they will adorn the doctrine of God and our Savior in every respect. Brothers and sisters, when you work for the glory of God, you adorn the doctrine of God. You wear it. You make the gospel beautiful because of what he has done in your life. He was glorifying himself through me, and he will glorify himself through you. When my wife and I were, we took our anniversary, there was, um, there was an olive oil tasting bar and the Embarcadero, right? I love olive oil. Do you guys love olive oil? And I tasted everyone. I think I did, right? But I love when the olive is pressed, that fresh, virgin oil comes out and the aroma comes out brothers and sisters if you're in a hard workplace and you're being pressed allow the aroma of christ to come out amen allow him to be glorified serve him with dignity serve him and honor him and let the gospel of god be adorned in your life Show the value and the worth of Christ. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful. You have not left us to figure out how we are to work. You've given us clear instruction. And God, help us to be gospel-centered, Christ-centered. Help us to glorify you in our jobs, in our businesses in our schools for your glory, to take this seriously that we are, call, we are called to worship, worship at our work. We ask, Father, that you would help us. I pray you would help the brother who's losing their job, help the brother who has a, an intolerable situation, help the brother or sister who thinks they're stuck. Remind them that you, have, you control all things, Encourage them, God. Lift them up. That they're not serving this boss ultimately. They are serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are slaves of Christ. Help us to sing. Help us to fellowship for your glory. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.